0: Welcome to The Tracy Sandler Show, brought to you by Vivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am super excited today to welcome my guest, Matt Sims, former NFL quarterback and co-host of The Sims Complete Podcast here on the Believe Network. Matt, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. Uh, Honored to be here and to talk football with you.
0: Well, let's dive right in, and I want to preview Brown's 49ers, but first, I'm going to talk about everybody's favorite subject. It used to be you could not have a 49ers podcast without bringing up Jimmy Garoppolo, but now we have finally hit a point where we don't have to do that, but I do want to talk about Brock Purdy because, obviously, you played in the NFL. Uh, Brock has been incredible for the 49ers. It looks that he is their franchise quarterback, that they found their guy with the final pick in the draft, and it's... this point to me it does not of course not matter where he was picked it matters what he's doing but when we look at how well he's been playing when we look at him coming off the injury my guest monday mentioned that that she said we kind of forget after week two that he is coming off this major injury and he's just he's been incredible but as a former nfl quarterback what are you seeing in brock purdy that's really standing out to you
1: i think it's something that we see Week in and week out in the post-game press conferences, the way that his teammates speak about this young man, his presence, the way that he is authentically himself during the week on game day, what you see on the field there during the game is what the 49ers teammates are seeing each and every day in that facility. So the authenticity of this young man is something to really enjoy and appreciate too. Because you, you do see that love of the game, that genuine childlike love of the game. And, mm-hmm. and I think it just exudes through the TV screen when you're watching him. And, and his stoicism is, is unmatched. I mean, even the, the great Marcus Aurelius would be impressed with this, with this <laughs> gentleman and how he, he carries himself. And it's, really, it's a fun watch and it's a great lesson for all these young quarterbacks out there too who want to be like Patrick Mahomes who wants to have (laughs) his skill sets and all of his raw abilities. But it also shows you, too, that the quarterback position uh, cannot be defined by one way or another. It is a a beautiful position that can be played in a multitude of ways, and Brock Purdy is showing that he is a a great example of that.
0: Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the -the up-to-the-minute stats, news scores and matchup breakdowns get the latest game odds spreads and totals from the nfl and college football at your fingertips with bet online's real-time updates on statistics news and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff in the super bowl bet online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And I love that you talk about his stoicism, but also the fun love of the game. And that I think is part of what makes Brock so good. I think it's actually part of what makes this team so good is that They are locked in when they're on the field. They know what they got to do, but they're having fun. They're playing loose. And one of my favorite things that Brock Purdy does is he does it sometimes in a press conference. He'll do it sometimes in the locker room, but there's a video I posted the other day where he does it, but he gets excited and he's like, let's go. And there is that (laughs) childlike let's go. But then also... I'm going to go and throw four touchdown passes and (laughs) and not throw an interception over 235 passes. And that's what I'm going to go and do. And then let's go. And I just think it is cool. And it's funny you mentioned the post-game press conferences because I say this a lot on the podcast that I understand games are not won and lost in press conferences. But to me, one of the most impressive things was after Brock's first game. It wasn't his first start, but it was that Miami game where he played the majority of the game. He came into the post-game press conference. He definitely looked like he was coming in between chemistry and English lit in high school. But then he starts talking and he's so poised and so together. And yes, he has to do it on the field. But I think that confidence and maturity is also part of what makes him so good.
1: Yes, it absolutely is. And and to remind all the fans who now are doing more homework on Brock Brady to find out about this man, how he became this quote unquote overnight success, which we all know is not true. This is a young man that that has played a ton of football, a, a ton mm-hmm. of college football experience, great experience, ran, you know, uh similar plays that he is running in San Francisco to a degree that are very multiple and aggressive and creative. And, you know, it it shows, it shows that level of maturity of having a franchise or a college program essentially on his shoulders to carry himself a certain way. So that experience, uh, although it being at Iowa State and we in the football world think Iowa State's a, a lesser-known commodity, which, which they are in the grand scheme of the business, but he still had uh, a tremendous amount of, of eyes on him. He, he still had a tremendous amount of pressure to perform and to do well and to raise the level of his teammates around him up. And I think that's really one of the biggest things as far as his resume that's allowed him to be such a success in the NFL, too, that this isn't really new territory for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, now it's even easier because he has, you know, better coaches and better players surrounding him. So it's not right. all on him like it was at Iowa State.
0: So let's talk about Sunday's matchup with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this 49ers team, as I mentioned, is playing very fun and loose. They are 5-0. and uh, a, quite the dominating performance over the Dallas Cowboys. I'm totally going to pat myself on the back and say, I called it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone was like, it's going to be close. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not, yeah. it's really not going to be close. Uh, so I'm just going to give my, cause it's my show. So I get a moment to pat myself on the back. Absolutely. But you can. I, you're
1: you're you have the every right to do that and you should. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. So they're playing a Browns team that's coming off a bye. That's the game before their bye. They lost 28 to three to the Ravens. They have a bunch of stuff going on at quarterback because whether or not Deshaun Watson will play is up in the air. So do they go with the rookie? Do they go with PJ Walker? So that's, that's a whole thing. They, of course, have Miles Garrett, who also is on the injury report this week. So the Browns are kind of like the anti-49ers right now. But yeah. <laughs> if, there, if there's a place, I, I would not, as if I was a 49ers fan, I would not be concerned about this game. But you're coming off such a Sunday night football performance that there was such a thing about on the road, early game, still don't really think it's going to matter here. But you got to play the game on Sunday. Kind of How do you see this playing out?
1: You you raised some great points. The quarterback position for the Cleveland Browns is absolutely a concern. And and it would be a concern even if Deshaun Watson was out there because mm-hmm. we know that he is still laboring that shoulder injury. And anytime you do hurt your shoulder as a quarterback, uh, with the amount of pressure that San Francisco can put on the, the position uh, on the pocket, that's always going to be something that you need to keep an eye on and be wary of. The other aspect that I find really interesting in this game and maybe something that you know, not a lot of people are paying attention to yet is the fact that this is one coach and and coach Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns that has uh, in his history been one of the few coaches that has given Kyle Shanahan headaches as far as Mm. his offense versus versus Schwartz's Schwartz's defense. And, And I could speak to that too in a very honest way being on that Atlanta Falcons team uh, with Kyle Shanahan, we played against the Philadelphia Eagles when he was up there. And uh, I could feel the anxiousness in Kyle during the week because he had such a high level of respect for Schwartz and the way that he went about his business. And, uh, and it showed. That was a very good uh, offense that we had. At the same time. His defense was, was all over a lot of the things that were working very easily against other opponents we had faced. So, the matchup between these two juggernauts on the offensive side of the defensive side, uh, as far as the thought process and the scheme, is really going to be, I think, the funnest part of this game. And then, really, can the Cleveland Browns score enough? Um, you know, can they surpass 21 points against San Francisco? Because if they can do that and play solid defense, they might have a chance, but uh, it'll be very tough no matter who the quarterback is, but they might have more of a chance with Deshaun Watson.
0: That is quite a good nugget that you just shared. Thank you for that. That's the about uh, Jim Schwartz. That's really interesting. And the idea that you could feel Kyle's anxiousness, I that's really interesting. And I think that does add a little bit of a wrinkle. And, that, and that's why not to get all like NFL preachy, but that's why you do have to play the game. And that's yeah. why sometimes... I'm not saying the 49ers are going to lose on Sunday, but sometimes teams lose games they're not meant to lose. And it's because I think as you know, we look a high level and like, well, this team's so much better than that team. But it's matchups and it's little things like that that make a difference. And when a defensive coordinator has the answers for an offense, that makes a huge difference no matter how much better the other team is.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It's one of those things that we only discuss it after the game has happened. And when it's clear and mm-hmm. obvious uh, on the football field and, and that's okay too, but that's why the NFL is great. That's why it's a week to week season and, and NFL teams know that the great thing for the San Francisco 49ers is that I feel like they are so uh, motivated internally as a team. Yes. And, and I think that is really, they're saving grace right now. They've been so close to, to reaching the summit of being Super Bowl champions and this team knows that, and I think the wounds from some of those failures or shortcomings in the past year allow them to move past who the, you know, the enemy is across the field that they're playing and just making it more so about can we just focus on ourselves more so than the outside noise or our opponent? And, and that's a credit to the coaching staff and Kyle, the environment he's built, and then really you know, to John Lynch and him for finding football players that are absolutely just football junkies.
0: And that was another reason that I did think they were going to win by so much on Sunday. They were so, and they meant it, you know, yeah, it's a rivalry, but it's, it's another game. Cowboys are a huge challenge. It's another game. The Cowboys, I think looked at it very differently. I thought one of the most interesting post game comments to me was from Dak, who I'm a huge fan of, Mm -hmm. but said that was a very, like maybe the most humbling loss of his career. And I thought, well, that's actually problematic. Because then that makes me think they weren't quite prepared or weren't thinking <laughs> that they were, you know, that the 49ers were as good as they were or had like an a inflated sense of self. I don't know how to put it exactly, but it, that to me was a very telling comment. And you wouldn't hear that uh, from the 49ers. It, you're,
1: it's so interesting. It really is. That, that You're right. That little soundbite says a lot. And, and I wouldn't take it in a negative term or a negative way for the Dallas Cowboys fan base or even for Dak the way that he said it. Um, but it does remind you too, of you, you see yourself in a certain light, you see your environment in a certain way as a football player, let's face it. You you know, you think you're indestructible to some degree, Mm -hmm. um, no matter Mm -hmm. what happens, even if there is failures, like, ah, don't worry, I'll get the next play. But this was one of those situations where they got out coached, they got out physical. They And just everything kind of snowballed to the point where they just realized, like, wow, this is an NFL team that is in a whole nother level better than us and a class of their own uh, along there with the Philadelphia Eagles. And they need to do some real soul searching. And, and one thing that I, uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys need to understand, you can win a lot of football games with the style that you play. Each and every football week, especially against, you know, the commanders or the giants or whoever in the NFC that they'll play against. But when you go against the 49ers, you go against the Philadelphia Eagles, you have to do more, more creativity to create opportunities for your football team. And they just didn't do that enough in this football game. And think about it from the 49ers perspective in that defense. They see Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan's offense every day at practice. So, yes. you know, that's extremely complicated to defend. And now when you go against these basic standard one-on-one offenses like the Dallas Cowboys, they're like, oh my God, this is so easy. They don't even move or shift or do this. Like they run plays that we, we saw, you know, for the past eight years in just like football one-on-one class, this is no problem for us. So these are things that, you know, teams like the Cowboys need to understand when they're playing against the San Francisco 49ers that they have seen a lot and there is really nothing new under the sun for them.
0: And you segue into the next thing I want to talk about beautifully. Great. <laughs> yes, this defense... So so thank you for that. <laughs> yes, this defense has to go through against Kyle Shanahan's offense, but I think one of the great things for this offense and for Brock Purdy and anyone who's played quarterback for the 49ers is they have to go against this defense, yeah. <laughs> and especially like in, in training camp, especially. So this 49ers defense probably had its most complete game of the season on Sunday. Obviously, they've played extremely well the first few weeks, but a couple weeks ago, Nick Bosa felt like they hadn't played their best yet. Then against the Cardinals, he thought that was their best game. But I would say this week five performance, just from, from I was going to say top to bottom, but let's go from secondary to, to the defensive line. Yeah. Really, everyone was at their peak. And if I'm an opposing offense, that's scary. Because if there's one place that there's been a little bit of a knock and I'm not sure it's even fair, but if there's been a knock because they think people have to nitpick when that defense is so good, it's potentially in the secondary. And a little that is because it looked like it, in the preseason training camp, maybe Isaiah Oliver wasn't going to be their nickel, and they would to have to move things around, and they experimented with a few things. He's been playing at a pretty high level the last few weeks, and I think they really hit their stride. We saw Diamandor Lenore probably have his best game, and I think he's very talented, very underrated corner in this league. Traverius Ward continued to play well, and Isaiah Oliver is really, other than one play, is the nickel they've been looking for. So this defense... How good are they? And as you watch it, how frightened would you be to be up against them?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it really is. Uh, the the fact that we're we're thinking that Hufanga Gibson Senior. Lenore Oliver and Ward are the weakness of this football team. It yes. is very hilarious to me. It, it, it really is, is. It's because it's nitpicking. No, it's you're very nitpicking. And, and we have to, right? That's our job, right? Yes. We have to at least try to educate our listeners and ourselves as far as what we think are the possibilities of how this team can be exploited. And everyone's like, oh, well, the corners aren't great. You know, if they didn't have that defensive line, well, if Kyle. You know, if Brock didn't have Kyle, Brock wouldn't be as good. There's a the line in, in layer cake, a movie that I like. Uh it's it's so great. There's you know a big bad gangster, you know, and he's talking they're making this deal and the one gentleman goes, "Well, you wouldn't be anything if you didn't have him by your side." And the guy goes, "Well, he does. So what now?" And and right. that's the case here with the 49ers. You can try to nitpick. This secondary, I think, is very underrated. I think they're mm-hmm. extremely talented. They go perfectly along with what the entire scheme is going. They know exactly what's being asked of them each and every football play. They never seem to be out of position or surprised. Um, and, and that's what you have to be excited about, right? When you watch them, is occasionally, yeah, man versus man, it, the other team might win some of those matchups here and there.
0: But, well they get paid to so.
1: Right. They get paid to and they're allowed to make plays because they're trying their hardest as well. The the mm-hmm. thing that's exciting when you watch though is like there doesn't seem to be any mental errors. There's no lack of communication on the back end at any time. There's no finger pointing of like, why why did this person catch the football? You should have been there. You don't see any mm-hmm. of that you know, you you see a guy catch the football and you see him go to the ground immediately. (laughs) And that's what's really cool too. There are no yards after the catch against this team. And, you know, hey, you could say, well, if they didn't have this or didn't. Well, they do. So deal with it and live with it. And really, honestly, just enjoy it because it's really good football.
0: And that's that's how you build a football team. Yes, if they didn't have this, they wouldn't be as good, but you build a football team so you have it. Absolutely. I never really... Understand that argument, and who cares if Brock didn't have Kyle and all those weapons? He's got him, but and he capital and he uses them well, and, and they trust him absolutely. And,
1: and, and Tracy, I, I'm sorry to cut you off because I'm just no, you, no. you raise a great point, and now I'm all excited. So I got to share, you know <laughs> what was just popped in my mind. Are we going to see more teams do what the 49ers are doing? As far as mm-hmm. let's build a team, let's give a coaching staff and a management. Uh, more than a year or two to build a football team to to add depth on the offense and defensive lines to get skilled players around and then find our quarterback and and that's Mm -hmm. what I think the 49ers are a great example of I think it was you know in some cases maybe a little accidental but at the same time the team was there the team was set If Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get hurt a year ago he might still be the quarterback of the 49ers and that's you know, a fact because he was playing extremely well too. But now he with was. his injury, now Brock gets inserted and now he really is the, the perfect piece to this team. And it really is kind of the identity of this team is, is the same as this quarterback. So uh, will we see more teams have the patience like they've had with Kyle and that coaching staff and John Lynch and build teams in the reverse effect instead of getting a superstar quarterback and then building around them? Can we build our team first and then implement the quarterback that we need that makes it all go?
0: Well, and it's kind of interesting because when they traded for Christian McCaffrey, Kyle talked about how when, you know, when it was the draft and he would have loved to have Christian McCaffrey, but he said, we weren't ready. We didn't have the team for Christian McCaffrey. We, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't been able to perform as well because we didn't have the pieces around him. And I kind of thought that was a little bit of an underrated nugget. Yeah, because I think a lot of teams would just, when understandably so, Christian McCaffrey is incredible as we've seen, but would just go get Christian McCaffrey. But they were building a team. They were building a Super Bowl winner, and I think it is a huge credit to them. I think it's a credit to Jed York to be patient to have seen maybe in the past, there were things that didn't work and things he did things that the team did. And I just thought that was kind of an interesting nugget. He's not the quarterback, but to your point, you got to build the team and then you can insert your superstars. And that I think makes a huge difference.
1: And and you're only as strong as your weakest link as that cliche is said. And and that cliche is the way that it is because it's true and it's more true Uh in football than anything. And, And just, Highlight what is the weakest link. We tried to highlight the weakest link today with the secondary. But, you know, as you really think about it, it's like, well, it's really not that weak. It's actually a pretty good yeah. unit. It's just not as strong as maybe we would like to think compared to the rest of the team. But, you know, Kyle, Kyle, you know, from my experience with him, you know, he, he understands just like his father did that the NFL game really is one at the line of scrimmage. To have depth at both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage, to have fast, tough football players that are smart and willing to execute in crunch time is extremely important. And, And that's where, you know, a lot of these other teams, I think, miss the boat. I think that's also why a lot of these teams, you know, fail with young quarterbacks, too, because there's too much pressure on a young quarterback to win you games week in and week out in the toughest league in the world. And and this is where it's the opposite for the 49ers. Brock really just needs to do his job as, as they say, right. Just do your job. Mm -hmm. And, and that's true, you know, just do your job and there will be moments where you can then shine. And he's done that fantastically well. And and this is why, you know, I raised that question of whether or not we'll see this, you know, more repeated because the 49ers, they're always going to be in the race now year in and year out. Now is the window closing? Of course, windows are closing, as we say, each and every year for teams. But this is a team that's going to be consistently near the, the mountaintop each and every year. And if you can just get into the dance, anything can happen.
0: That is very true. That is very true. As we have learned from March Madness, that
1: is very true.
0: <laughs> that's right. All right let's, we'll do a... Prediction for Sunday, and then we're going to talk about something important, and that's Michigan football. So <laughs> let's do a prediction. What do you think? I mean, should we do a score prediction? I always struggle with these because I'm so bad at them. And so I feel bad making my guests do them. Right. But let's just do it anyway. I won't hold
1: you to all it. All right, let's do it.
0: All right, what do you think? Oh, okay. I'll, you, I'll, oh you want me to start
1: first? Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, but well, I'll, you're the guest. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, all right, so I'm going to say the offense like I added earlier struggles just a little bit. I think Schwartz and this defense will be uh, a little bit more on top of what they're doing at times. I still think that they're going to score anywhere between 24 to 27. So I'm going to say final score is 27 to 13 San Francisco.
0: All right. And just to make it a little bit different, I'm going to say 31, 10 San Francisco.
1: Okay. And I love that because you know, this is, this is the thing with San Francisco. If they're up late, they're still going to be running the rock aggressively. And I, mm-hmm. I can absolutely see one of those long runs being broken off at the end there. So I think that's a great call by you.
0: All right. So now we're going to talk about, so clearly I'm a Michigan alum. I'm sure that that wasn't obvious or anything. <laughs> uh, and So there's another, in my opinion, juggernaut in the world of football, but yeah. in college football. And that is the Michigan Wolverines who are also undefeated and beating everyone Minus Bowling Green, who they still beat by a lot, but struggle with a little bit. Beating everyone week after week. They look like, again, in my humble opinion, to me, they look like the best team in college football. There are a lot of good teams out there, so I'm not taking that away. But this team looks really, really good. Not to put pressure on you, but is this this the year I get my national championship? We're going to make it mine. It's my (laughs) national championship.
1: (laughs) That's right. Move out of the way, Harbaugh. Give me that. Um, (laughs) Yes, I would say that right now, the Michigan Wolverines are probably the best team in the country. Their resume, you know, unfortunately for the fan bases out there uh, that are opposing you on the other side would say that you haven't played anybody, and there's there's some truth to that. Um but at the same time we can't really take away from the fact of the way that they've won against the opponents that yeah. they've played. And the the physical difference, the fact that every team that they've played against, they've just basically worn them out both physically and athletically as the game continues to go on is extremely impressive. Um, And they're one of the few teams that really has lived up to the preseason expectations during the season. Um, You -hmm. know, the real question will be, uh, I really don't think there's going to be any headaches with the Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, and their next three matchups that they have. You know, it really will come down to those last three games of the year when they have Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State uh, I I know that they're better than Maryland, but I still think Maryland is a little bit of a, so tough. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely, you know, uh, an annoying rock in your shoe. You know, they're a pebble in your shoe for sure. So it's really going to be a tough three game stretch to end the season for them. Ohio state will most likely be their best form of themselves by that time at the end of the year too. So it'll be very interesting. And again, uh, the big 10 East, uh, it, it's just a, such a one-sided division. It's going to be much more exciting next year when the Big Ten expands and, and gets away from the divisions.
0: It's like the Big 18. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> I, I already have anxiety about those last three games. They make me... <laughs> So nervous. And this, I mean, this is a thing about being a fan, of course, that I have no control over the games, no matter what t-shirt I wear. And even though I seem to think that makes (laughs) a difference. Wearing the the
1: socks a certain way, you know, all that stuff. Yep.
0: (laughs) My my Dodgers proved to me this week, my, all my teams that I'm fans of wear blue and my Dodgers proved to me this week that no matter what I wear, if they can't hit the ball, it's not going to (laughs) make a difference. Yeah. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. I didn't I didn't have super high expectations for this year anyway and the pitching staff was so decimated that it it somehow this one to me doesn't feel as bad. I know there are a lot of people <laughs> that think it's the most embarrassing one, but to me I'm like I don't I kind of I don't know. That doesn't really feel like as bad, but I will say this and then we get back to Michigan. I do not like this buy in baseball. I do not think it's, I don't think it's good for the teams.
1: No, no. And it's really not good for, for viewership either. So, uh, I I know it's just like baseball is too long already to begin with. Uh, it's definitely something that I I feel like the entire league has to kind of think about just a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's just me, but I love baseball. I love watching baseball. I love going to games. Uh, but even for me, as much love and appreciation I have for the game, I'm still like, damn, it's a long season.
0: <laughs> it is a long season. And they used to have the one and done game, which I thought was a very unfair situation. Yeah, And I think it was. But that being said, now, in retrospect, of course, this is so easy to do. in retrospect. <laughs> but in retrospect, you're better off with the one and done because the teams just keep playing. Yeah. And I just think in baseball, when you when you get that break, it it messes with you. Um, and we did see it. So we'll see. It's interesting to see how that plays out. But back to my boys in blue who aren't going to make me sad this year. <laughs> uh, the Michigan Wolverines. All right. So this weekend, you said Indiana, we have Michigan State, Purdue, the next three games. It's those last three games, which are going to be super, super interesting. I'm going to the Ohio State game. Um, the 49ers play Thursday night football and then the games in Ann Arbor. So it's like this confluence of events. I mean, the games, it's funny. Everyone's like, oh, the Niners play in Detroit. I'm like, no, I can see why you think that. No, they play in Seattle, but they're <laughs> off for the weekend, so I can go to <laughs> I go, So I'm very excited about that. But those are the three that make me nervous. But just looking at this team, and then I would love your opinion a little bit. J.J. McCarthy, I mean, this is probably the most talented quarterback Carbaugh's had. He's been playing at a really high level. What do you think about this kid?
1: Yeah, J.J.'s playing really good football right now. Uh, the, the offense, I think, is actually um a, a pretty standard offense as far as scheme and the way they approach things, but his ability to extend plays with his feet, extend drives with his feet is extremely impressive and very important for this football team. his off schedule plays really is the difference uh as far as what we 've seen from Michigan states in the past to this one, and I think this is why this one is unique. this is why I, I say that yes, this might be the year that you guys finally you know reach the summit because. J.J. McCarthy's experience, his athleticism, his ability to extend plays and create chicken salad at a chicken doo-doo is extremely important, mm-hmm. especially against good teams. And, and Roman Wilson is just like an absolute machine in the red zone. It's just crazy mm-hmm. how whenever they get in the high red zone area, if you just throw it up to Roman Wilson, there's a high probability that this dude is making a miraculous catch. So the ability to have contested catches, the ability to run the ball at will when you need to with their great running backs and Blake Corham and Donovan Edwards is important. I think that'll continue to improve too, especially with Donovan Edwards as the season goes with this physicality that he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, JJ's ability to extend plays really is the difference for this team that goes along with just really good defense and great athleticism and depth.
0: There was a great clip from Harbaugh this week uh, on one of the touchdowns. I think it, w- it was one uh, was to roman wilson and he says how he's he's yelling run run (laughs) and jj goes the other direction throws and it's a touchdown and the way harbaugh obviously explains it is so jim harbaugh and fabulous and i'm not doing it justice at all (laughs) but it's so funny but it does go to your point of how he can extend plays and i i do think that in a college quarterback for him to have the confidence to say, yeah, I'm just going to throw the ball and I know it's going to be a touchdown, even though my coach is screaming to run, I think is says a lot about him and, and does give me confidence in some of those tougher games.
1: Definitely. And, and this is where, as far as football goes, you, you got to coach the X's and O's. You have to coach the fundamentals and be disciplined that way. As one coach always told me that in crunch time, you're going to go back to your fundamentals and what we focus on. So let's make sure that we do them extremely well. But after all that said and done, You know, when the X's and O's are gone, you need the Johnnies and Joe's that really make everything go. And and this is where J.J. McCarthy's done a great job of doing that. He's done a great job of just expanding upon the plays that we typically see from Michigan. He's making them with a little bit more flair. And that's exciting. We don't see that a lot from Michigan. We don't see that from Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh himself, I mean, just, you know, the khakis and the sweater just tell you kind of what type of dude he is. You know, he's very uh, simple, you know. and I'm sure he's had the same routine for the past 30 years of his life. And that's great. That's why he's great at what he does. But you also have to be, you know, uh, I'm going to do like a Steve Sable thing. You know, football is art. Football is artistry in motion. And, and that's why occasionally you just need to have, you know, somebody that's a phenomenal artist at the quarterback position. And, and that's what JJ's done so far is he's been able to, you know, really do a great job of, uh, of extracting you know, more so out of the uh, Michigan offense.
0: And then on top of that, they have one heck of a defense. And I think that might not that that's a surprise. Everyone knew the defense was going to be good, but they have been playing at such a high level that this could be, this could be the most complete team we've seen.
1: Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. And uh, it's really going to be a fun year. This is definitely one of those years too, that I don't really know. You know, outside of Michigan, I don't really know who the best teams in the country are. I think a lot of teams have the ability to potentially make a run for the championship, and it's going to be really fun all the way down to the wire.
0: It definitely is. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Please let everybody know where they can find you.
1: Oh, yes. Thank you so much again, Trace. I really appreciate it. So, yes, we uh, my father and I started Sims Complete, new podcast with Believe Network. Uh, you're going to hear father and son bicker about football and <laughs> the game that we love so much so uh we did a real deep dive on san francisco dallas actually this past week we explained why the separation of the two teams has widened since the the beginning of this rivalry being renewed so if you want to kind of hear our take on it i said a few of those points here today with you uh but we really did a deep dive on it. it's great and my father and i will be doing it every week breaking down games that we love and, and things that we think are important in the nfl
0: Fantastic. You guys, if you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to give us a five star rating and a super positive review. You can follow me on Twitter at TracyFGSN, FG, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye all.